Thank you for downloading the TryGames.net podcast. This is your host, Austin. Episode 168 suffered yet again from some sound file setbacks, so we are moving to the backup recording, which, as most of you know, has a little bit worse quality. Okay, it has a lot worse quality. Um, And those little kind of funny widget noises you'll hear in the background are things being typed into our Skype chat window, so uh, ignore those. Thanks, and enjoy the episode. It is Saturday, March 20th, 2010. It is noon, and it is time to record the TriGames.net podcast. This is episode 168, the pre-PAX East edition, specifically meaning that PAX East is happening next week, which is why it's pre-PAX East, because it's before PAX East. That's how English works. I This is what I hear. Um, anyway, I'm your host, Austin. We are here with two of the usual ladies. There's Al over there on the left. Hi. Not really physically on the left, but so be it. And there's Pete further to the left. We're a week away from PAX East, motherfuckers. This is awesome. Word, son, word. Um, Yes, we are headed to PAX East. There's going to be a whole weekend of geeking out uh, of rock band tournaments and the like. Uh, So if you're going to be at PAX East, you maybe have like about a couple of days to email us and let us know. Uh, None of you have, so I'm assuming none of you are going. Uh, But we are, and you aren't. That makes us higher life forms than you. Wouldn't you agree, Pete? I would agree. I should probably mention real quick, since you just mentioned people emailing us, uh, if anybody is planning on going to hang out with us or whatever, and uh, I don't remember what episode I mentioned it on, maybe the last one or whatever, but about the supposed rock band, pre-PAX rock band thing going on, that's not yep. happening no more. So right. uh, we'll be hanging out Thursday night, but not at at, at uh, the harmonics rock band thing that's no longer happening. Probably just going to be yeah. drinking. Word. <laughs> and maybe yeah. playing shit. I think. I think. Okay, so there's a rock band tournament on Saturday at PAX. It's actually. So, it sounds like it's Friday, Saturday, and maybe Sunday. Yeah, qualifying is Friday, and the actual tournament's Saturday. And I think the last round's on Sunday. And we actually practiced. <laughs> yeah, Des and, uh, and I might enter that too. <laughs> oh well. Well, it's strictly points. And we based. didn't practice. Oh, oh, oh. Well, we'll be sure to take it easy. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we probably even won't be matched. I think there's going to be like 32 teams, right? So it's going to be hard. Well, to... it, yeah, the top 32 that like uh, top 32 scores from the qualifier round go on to the, the yep. actual tournament. Um, do you guys, out of curiosity, do you guys all play on expert? Yep. Okay, then you're, yeah, we're not going to have a chance because we don't even play on expert. <laughs> well, here's the thing: people who get overconfident and they play on expert don't don't realize. Well, not don't realize, but you got also got to remember that if you play on medium, but you hit all your notes, like the notes do. I believe the point does scale, so the points do scale. So if like if someone plays expert and does kind of okay, but someone plays on medium and like knocks it out of the park, they can still be on an even keel. I think, right? Al, doesn't the point the points do scale for rock band as well, right? I'm not really sure, but there's got to be a reason why you can do pro like a, a face-off type of thing, and one person's on medium, and another person's on expert. Right. I know that one for Guitar Hero. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that it should work the same for Rock Band, but I'm not sure if the points will scale up properly if um just in regular quick play. You know. Right. Oh, that's so a good I point. I think it may be very, very, very unbalanced. Hmm. Hmm. Well. 
Good for us. <laughs> Bad for those who play on medium, I guess. But I mean, there, there probably should have been some kind of consideration taken in advance about right. that. But right. who, who knows what they're planning on doing there. Right, right. So uh, that's PAX East. Uh, there, there's a small chance we will do a, a nightly podcast, but you know, if that gets in the way of our cavorting and drink it, drinking and you know all that shit, maybe we won't. But we'll see. How about it, Pete? What do you think? Uh, yes. Al, what do you think? I don't know. I think um, we'll see what happens. I think podcasting and cavorting and jinking, drink, jinking, <laughs> drinking go hand in hand. Jinkies, ah, jinkies. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. I guess is mm-hmm. is, is the uh, is the uh, motto for the day. So, or for the weekend. <clears throat> but uh, before we get to the shit, uh, here is something to consider. Uh, I have a whole bunch of games that either I've played and have no intention of playing anymore or just know that I will never get to because I'm no longer as interested in them as I once was. And I'm trying to get rid of them to save physical space in the apartment uh, where I call my living domain, a.k.a. home. So I am trying to think up of a contest idea. I, I hate calling these things contests because it's, you know, it... it it implies that you know we're giving prizes when really I'm just you know giving a game to a faithful listener who you know who we are thanking for being a faithful listener, but they have to work for it. So I guess that is still a contest. I don't know. So I don't have any ideas yet. I will solicit you guys for ideas, but at the same time, one of the contest ideas was to send in a contest idea, and the contest uh-huh. idea that we pick is uh, the person who creates the contest idea that we end up picking. We'll have won that contest, and we'll get a game. Uh, I don't know why you're bothering doing a contest because the only one who's going to—it's just going to be Edu that wins them all anyway. Well, possibly. Yeah, but I'll say this. Well, yeah, I guess the last time we did this, we kept on going until we had enough entries uh, before I sent the game, and the the person who ended up winning was the other Austin, who uh, also writes for GameSpot. It's kind of funny to see two Austins on the same side. Also, are you willing to send games out of country? Is also a question. Uh, I mean, I I have I I've, I have sent shit out of country before. Like Kelly May, she lives in Canada. How about instead of a contest, you bring all your games to packs that you want to get rid of and just start passing them out to random people. Be like, here, you want a game? Well, no, because I, I want to. It, it needs to be for our three faithful listeners, and uh, <laughs> you know, I want them to send in creative ideas so that we can read them on the podcast. That works too, I guess. That's 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 the only thing. I mean, Charlie, if you're out there, buddy. Uh, ha. He's not going to send nothing in. No? You're a tool. He's um, a lazy fucker. Tool. All right, then. Well, that's that. So send in your shit to mailbag at trygames.net. M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames.net. So, yeah, you just send your ideas. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I guess it was. I have no idea what was so awesome about that, but if Pete likes it, I like it. Um. All right. So moving on to the shit. Um. We do have a mailbag to go through. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to do a Let's Rebooting this episode because I didn't plan. Because, oh, shucks. Because, shut up, ass fuck. <laughs> but, um, ass fuck. <laughs> but um, we do have a topic, and uh, I think it's relevant to what we've all been playing. Uh, so I, I guess we'll get right to what we've been playing. And Pete, I think you'll be pleased to know what I've been playing. But we'll start off with you anyways to keep you in suspenders. Well, shit, I know what you've been playing, then, just by saying that you've been playing Heavy Rain, motherfucker. But... Actually, I haven't. Oh, oh what? Nope. Oh, fuck. I then purposely I have not been playing that because oh. of you. Okay. Um, well, what have you been playing? All right, I've decided as a 
uh, new podcast resolution thing, like very, very late New Year's resolution. I'm going to not talk about every fucking game I played since the last time we talked and only things that are semi-important. Um, so uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's laughing about that. <laughs> Hi, Dad. So uh, last time uh, I was uh, playing Battlefield Bad Company 2, and I said I was going to try multiplayer uh, before I brought it back to GameStop. But um, I didn't play any more single player, but I did try to play multiplayer, and I had, like, server connection issues. Like, I literally sat at the waiting to connect to game screen or whatever for, like, 10 minutes. I backed out, tried it again, and sat for another 10 minutes, and I was like, all right. Guess this game doesn't want me to play multiplayer, so I brought it back, and it, I'll never know how good it is. Everyone says it's supposed to be great, but whatever, I won't know. Do you think it's because like just people aren't playing it, or because it's just a server issue? Because like I mean, it I feel like getting that was like its release weekend, so it was probably getting hammered. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I've never heard anybody else complaining about connection issues, so like I don't know what the deal was, but I wasn't having problems with any other games, so I'm assuming it was just that like their servers were getting hammered. But if it didn't want me to play, then I didn't want to play. Words, so, son. So I moved on. Um, I uh, also I want to mention I did because uh, I don't know if you guys picked it up, but or I know Al was looking at getting it or as a gift or something. I got Demon Souls. Um, Demons uh, Souls. Demons Demons Souls. 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 I did. Uh, I did pick that back up. So now like I I own a copy. Um, I didn't get back to playing it yet, but I will uh, soon. So uh, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not even important. I just wanted to mention that I got the game because I, I want to. I want people to know that sometimes I do buy games that I say are good on the show. <laughs> it's like uh, I, I I downloaded this and it was really good, and I promise you that I'll actually buy it. No, no, but see, I check out all these games from GameStop since I work there, and I don't want people to think I'm a tool and I don't actually purchase the games that I'm into. Yeah, so I did actually. Not yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I guess the most important thing that you're I played. You're talking with us. That's how you're a tool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the most important thing I played is uh, f- some Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh, um, I played. It sucks because I went to PA last week or whatever, and I played about an hour and a half at my friend's house, and then I came back and I borrowed it from GameStop, and I had to start over because uh, if you bring a save file from something else, uh, it doesn't let you. It won't let you get trophies or anything using that uh... save file. So that's why they stopped save uh, trading or whatever. Uh, so I had to start a new game if I wanted to get any trophies. Um, and so I basically played through the same sections that I've already played. Uh, the game, hmm, my first reaction upon starting it was like, wow, pretty. Uh, cause it I is really, everybody's. yeah, I mean, it's really gorgeous looking. Um, and it definitely has that Final Fantasy style look to it. Uh, that like cartoony sci-fi yet fantasy, like, uh, slash realistic kind of but not yeah really. like you see it and you just know it's final fantasy i don't know there's lots of like like lots of uh green particle effects and like i don't know it's just i don't know it seems to me it's like it's it's final fantasy look but uh yeah, if you I, if you have played a tetsuya nomura game you have played final fantasy 13 visually speaking pretty much yeah um and then putting that aside and actually looking at the game itself i'm not that into it uh the story seems um, slow moving at the beginning. Uh, it's really dragging its feet, getting into its uh, what, whatever its main plot is. Because, like, without spoiling too much, you how start far are out, you in? By the way, how far are you in? Do you want me to like specifically state or just? I mean, like I said, I'm about an hour, hour and a half in. Oh, hour, I'm, hour and a half. Okay, I, I missed that part. Sorry. Yeah, just go ahead. Sorry, I was just looking for a timestamp. I mean, I don't know if it's spoilers <coughs> to talk about in the beginning because. 
I, I don't want people being all like, oh my Al- god. Alan's coughing like that because right. he's choking on his phlegm because he can't he can't fathom that you don't like this game. I'm kidding. I, I have no I, idea. I, yeah, well, it was water. The thing is, I don't hate it. I just you the, hate it. No, You're such the, bi- you are such biased fanboy. It's. It do, it's doing the Final Fantasy X thing where it's like all linear and you're walking down just straight hallways. Like even this was behind that one. Yeah, that's 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 ma- the majority of what I've heard about everything, and that's why I'm kind of scared about it. But Al has been allaying my fears, sort of. Okay. But well, you can only. I want to th- hear what your thoughts are. Though. Yeah, like so that that bugs me. I hate the whole like being on a very linear rail through what is supposed to be like. An expansive RP, epic RPG, um, and uh, yeah, then the combat is—it's all right. I don't know, like the fact that you can just sit there and just like not even look at the screen and just hit auto attack and auto attack and auto attack and let it do its thing um, seems kind of like like it seems like the game's really trying to like appeal to a lowest common denom- denominator type of thing, like people who want just the story and don't want to actually put any effort into combat, but it. It's supposed to be an RPG. Combat should require some thought. So I don't know. I don't really like that either. I did switch up my control so that instead of doing auto combat, it automatically puts me on abilities. So I will actually go through and try to like strategize real quick while mm-hmm. the fight's going on. Um, but even that, it's like there's not much to do in the fights when you first start out. Obviously, you'll get summons and stuff later. And uh, I guess you're able to cast more types of spells and stuff later. I don't know. like Because right now it's just pretty much attack or do your attack that it hits multiple opponents type of thing that's the only stuff i can really do so far um and you know like even items don't require any any thought anymore because potions just it's like quick if you're low on health quick go down hit potion you heal your whole team um and the health thing i don't like the way the the uh combat is set up visually the combat screen because it's hard for me to pay attention to the health while looking at everything else and their health bars are really like your personal health bars are really tiny, like thin and just, you know, kind of like off down in the bottom uh, right hand of the screen. And there's no glaring visual effect to warn you when your health is getting low. I Aren't mean, there audio cues. Are there audio cues? I didn't hear any audio cues like like, hey, like like you'll hear them going like, hey, I need help or something. I don't know this. That, uh, I might be reading wrong. That's what I thought. I I could answer if you want. I can answer if you want. OK, uh. You hang on. Let me just think. If there's anything else I want, I know. To I'm not about. saying anything. Is that? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm waiting. Okay. I'm just seeing if there's anything else I want to complain about before you go and <laughs> tear, tear my rant to shreds. Um, I think that's pretty much all I have to complain about right now. I mean, I hear the game does get more open and uh, more involved. It's just it's a very, from what I heard, it's a very very slow burn. Like you can go like eight or nine hours with this like not too much to do bullshit before oh. you actually get a lot of stuff to burn to to, to do. Um. So I don't know, but uh, as a Final Fantasy game in in and of itself, um, I'm more I'm still intrigued enough to go back and keep playing it more than I was with 12, which uh, we talked about on like episode 164 or something. Yeah, uh, where you were uh, you were I was asking you if it was worth like actually putting in time because I wasn't I wasn't I played it a little bit and then never felt like going back. This I at least feel like going back to. So that's at least a semi good sign. Um, but yeah, go ahead. What what can you tell me about my life, problem with the game? And the life bars. Um, well, the life bars are small, and I, I don't know what kind of TV you have, but... I, I mean, I, I got a, a 42, 10, 42 HD TV, 1080p, so it's like, you know... Okay, so your TV's just about the same size as mine. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't really have a problem with the health bars. Actually, as a matter of fact, I don't really look at the bar itself. I just kind of look at the number. And when you are running low, <clears throat> or if, well, if anybody in your team is running low on health, the screen starts to flash a hue of like red. I don't it know if you've noticed that. Mm-hmm. It starts to begin like an alarm pulsing red uh, color over everything on the screen. So it kind of gets you into that, oh shit, I got to do something about my health kind of Is mood. that only when, you're, when your health bar itself is red? Like if you're an orange, does it do anything? It kind of lightly flashes a little bit orange. Like you can kind of see it, but it's really a lot more noticeable when you're running low. Who's sharpening hmm. a pencil? Sorry, I'm not, <laughs> or eating plastic. Or I'm, eating I'm plastic. unwrapping my God of War three. Oh, um, um, I'll throw that out. <clears throat> so that was one thing. Uh, I, well, real quick, I'll just say mm-hmm. then that, like, I guess when I was getting killed, I just must have gone from orange to close to death or death really quickly because I don't ever remember seeing a pulsing red. When you um, die, even when you're dead, it's flashing red. Is it? It goes to gray when you die. Well, maybe at your part of the game, but when I die. Because I, I hadn't died at the beginning of the game, I don't think. But when you die later on, the screen is still flashing red, and they kind of like the the main character says something, and then it goes into the game over screen. I wonder if it's something that shifts as you get further in the game, like how you start getting all your other abilities, and they start teaching you more. I wonder if in the early game, if it doesn't, I'll have to check again. I'll have to go back in and start like start playing and uh, get myself down to low health and see if it is definitely pulsing or not. Because I definitely never noticed that. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the same between both versions, but you do have the PS3 or the 360 version. The PS3, you know what I'm saying? Like how like uh, the game starts you off. Like you don't even earn experience in the beginning of the game, which is uh, that's my other complaint. There's no mm-hmm. actual like RPG mechanics in the beginning of the game. It's like not till later on that you start earning experience. So oh, maybe but it... as the Final Fantasy creator said, it is not an RPG. It is a that's new right. genre. Oh, Shoot. did he? Yeah, but bullshit. Yeah. Whatever, man. That's. That's I'll tell you this much. I, was, I didn't know that he said that, and I was expecting an RPG when I got fucking Final Fantasy. Yeah. My bad. Anyway, keep going, Al. No, I, I think it's stupid. It, it sounds kind of pompous. That was, that's why I was making fun of it. Not yeah. you, him. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the thing is, you, you don't get experience at all, actually. Like, your characters only develop through um, something that you'll figure out later on. I'm not going to reveal it. But okay. you get points for that. And through that, you, it, it, you did you play Final Fantasy X like to the point where you could develop your character? I beat Final Fantasy X. You beat Final Fantasy X, so it's it's actually, it's just about like that, except for the fact that there's no grid of abilities that everybody is on that can interact with each other. You know what I mean? Okay. It's it basically the the method of progression in Final Fantasy XIII is the same as Final Fantasy X except for the fact that everybody has their own individual type of sphere grid type of thing. Okay. That's all. So but you, you don't get experience. Final Fantasy X, you did gain experience, and you were able to, like, you know, when you hit enough experience, you leveled up, and you picked a new ability in the sphere grid, right? It's a type of experience. I mean, it, right. it's, it, it's points that goes towards your ability to move a level, move a node in the sphere grid. So in a sense, yes, there are points... They are not necessarily experience points, but they serve the same purpose. Right. Yeah. Which, uh, if you want to equate it, then yeah. Um, but I think, I think what Pete's saying in, the, in, in 13's case, and this is what I've heard from podcasts and other blogs and all this stuff, um, is that like, while you do get those points, um, it doesn't, you don't start getting those points until after an hour in. 
Is that true? Right. Like there's right. no indication you that you're acquiring. In, what's that? You don't get those points until you actually obtain the ability to do so. You know, okay. it, it's actually something wow. that's acquired. The reason why you're able to actually get those points in the first place. Mm. Okay. So I'm, before I'm assuming you get I, I'm like you're a regular human being. I mean, like, okay, I don't want to, because I don't know what would be spoilers or not, so I won't say anything. I'll type it in the fucking chat room. <laughs> wait, wait, spoilers for what? The first hour of the game? No, playing. no, I'm talking about, hang on. <laughs> that, I don't know if I spelled that right, but is that when you start be getting the points? Exactly. Okay. All right, then that makes sense. <laughs> okay. So uh, what about the whole, like, linearity of the game? That ain't changing. <laughs> <laughs> that that's just the way it is, and I, <laughs> that ain't changing. Fuck. Personally, I I like it, but that's me. You know, um, if if I was um playing, see the thing is, if this was eight years ago, or not even eight years ago, because I didn't have a PS2 eight years ago. If this was four or five years ago when Final Fantasy X came out, well, when I got Final Fantasy X, if this was Final Fantasy X, I wouldn't like it. And if I played Final Fantasy X now. I probably would like it. Final Fantasy X. Mm. I, I don't think Austin knows what that is anyway. Okay. Uh, I'm avoiding the chat anyways, just in case. You never know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a name specific to the story. Right. Which... I mean, I, see, the thing is, I've been reading things just to get a bearing on... Because this has been one of those things that's like that everybody's talking about. Like, oh, this is terrible. Every, every Final Fantasy game is so so divisive that I always have to look... like you know make sure that I know what I'm getting into before I actually play it, you know, like, it, it's so weird, like, 8 already is an example of me flip-flopping, you know, like, I hated, mm-hmm. I absolutely hated 8, me too. and after I beat it this time around, uh, which I don't think I mentioned uh, on the podcast, because we didn't, we didn't record last week, but yeah, I did, did it on the trilobite. Yeah, I did it on the trilobite, um, I did beat it, and it's like, now that I look back, I'm like, I have much better things to say about 8, and much less better I wouldn't. I don't, want to, I don't want to say harsher, but I, I have fewer good things to say about seven because I was like, "Oh, seven's really good." You know, I don't love it, but it's really good. Like they really did a good job. And I'm thinking about like all the stuff they could have done to seven that they just decided not to do, and just like, "Yeah, we're just going to give you materia to you know slot in your shit, and you know we're going to give you some emo characters, and then make the story way too complicated for its own good, just you know to make it complicated." Yeah. Aside from the over convoluted story of seven, and like, yeah, the you know really trying to appeal to like you know emo angsty kids and whatnot and uh things like that i actually liked their systems in it i liked the materia system and things like that i thought it was actually a good mechanic and a way to like really uh introduce unique combinations like with the characters that you put in your party yeah i thought it was all right i I mean uh, this is really funny now 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 we should get into let's rebooting a seven (laughs) um I found that it was very similar to the Espers in terms of like materia growing with you and giving you bonuses as you level up, et cetera, et cetera, which you know carries over into things like Guardian Forces, et cetera. Uh, and I didn't mind that. I, I just, I don't know. I, I, there was something weird to me about just slotting this into your weapons and then like, I, I, I it, it's it's the same problem that I initially had with eight, where magic is treated as a commodity, and I still have a problem with that in eight, but it serves a different purpose. Which you know for the for the junctioning, which I kind of understand where it goes there. With seven, it's just you know I, I don't know. I've always been this uh, traditionally. I've been the type of person who's like, magic is something you learn and it stays with you. Um, and this is nothing nothing rational other than a this is what I'm used to and this is what I like. And anything else just seems a bit odd to me. Um, 
whenever I'd buy magic in Final Fantasy 1, 3, or 5, that was a little bit weird to me as well. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a quirk. It has nothing to do with whether or not, from, a, from an objective standpoint, if the game is a quality game, but it's something that bothers me, and I don't know why. Um, and 7 kind of brought that out into the open, because I really hadn't played 3 or 5, you know, at that point, so... But yeah. Hey, look at this. We're actually supposed to be talking about thirteen. I'm sorry. I'll shut up now. Go keep going. Well, it's okay. Uh, anything else to say about thirteen L, or I'll move on. I'll wait till I uh talk about my play. Okay. Um. Either either way, I mean, I may eventually. I I I might get a little bit more playtime in on thirteen, but I'm I have no desire to like actually purchase it anytime soon. So you know, I might wait a long while until it's like really cheap used or something, and try it pick it back up and you know see how i feel about the game again but uh i mean it's I, I i don't know you guys think it's a new genre but to me it's still just an rpg and like i'm just looking at some of the rpgs i'm playing recently and like like demon souls is just look in particular it, that's like a way better rpg to me and uh like it makes me sad for the final fantasy series that it's like it used to be in a lot of people's heads and mind as well like the pinnacle of jrpgs and you know what they could what they could uh what what all jrpgs should like try to strive to be but um maybe i'm just not into the jrpg genre anymore or uh let's interject on that well like i was gonna say like you said it's not according to you know whatever there it's not is the one who said that yeah it, but so. like he, I, I saw interviews with him, and he he kind of has this smug look on his face whenever he talks. So I can just imagine that f- smug face saying, "This is not an RPG; it's a new genre." And I'm just like, "Oh, shoot me now!" <laughs> you know? So who who knows if you know that's just him hyperbolizing or him, you know, really believing in that? And I'm sure he does, but it's just to me, it's a little pompous. What did you want to interject, Al? Yes. Um, it, it seems like JRPGs are on a decline, and. Uh, Western RPGs are on the rise because of Bioware and the impact that those games are making on what <clears throat> the outlook of what an RPG is. It seems like the, the RPG standard is changing because, you know, 15 years ago, an RPG was basically a game that was basically a story, like a book that you could grind levels in. And then it started to evolve into a a game that evolves or a story or book even that evolves based on how you interact with it. Well, as far as the popular opinion of it, uh, of an RPG one, you mean, right? Yes, exactly. Because to and, me, and, RPG, and with the yeah. paradigm of how you're paradigm shift game, you know, basically like with what Bioware is doing with, you know, Knights of the Republic and Mass Effect, Dragon Age, <clears throat> uh, Jade Empire, all those games, all essentially games where, you have the same kind of leveling aspect and statting, but the the type of story that you experience changes based on how you interact with the characters in it. Right. And it seems like popular opinion of what's acceptable for an RPG is shifting from what it used to be to this. <clears throat> and games that are starting to come out where, you know, everything is the same way it was 15 years ago, they're starting to kind of get those negative looks like oh this is all the same i'd rather be playing uh you know a bioware game fallout or Did even like you know that's not a bioware game but that's, a, that's another kind of game from another company that's kind of on the rise did we right. ever have the rpg discussion on this podcast because i remember that al you and i co-wrote an article like five years ago or six years ago talking about what we what an rpg actually 
really is in our minds versus mm-hmm. what we thought it was as kids. You know, because final like to me, Final Fantasy. You know, now that I when I when I look at it closer, most of the Final Fantasy games aren't really RPGs. Period. The end. Most RPGs aren't really RPGs. Period. The end. The right. role-playing game originated, and not to say that things can't evolve over time, but if you want to be purist about it, you know, a lot of the games that we consider RPGs just aren't. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where it originated with Dungeons and Dragons. However nerdy you may think it is, that's where it originated from, and games that so so cleanly deviate off that path are not RPGs. That's like saying, um, that's like okay, so an action platformer. Okay, and this is kind of different because we're we're shifting formats and not just uh, gameplay styles. But Mario Brothers, platformer, because you're literally jump. The, the basis is jumping on shit. Okay, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, uh, something like uh, Donkey Kong sixty four or Banjo Kazooie is considered a platformer not only because you jump on shit, but because jumping on shit is such an integral ele- element of all almost all action games. Now, platformer means now I got to collect stuff. What does that have to do with platforming? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, so true. any any game that you have to go out and collect like gizits and wadgets and fugongs and like battle dads, dads and all that <laughs> shit, right? It, like like Jack and Daxter. Oh, it's a platformer. No, it's no, not. it's not. It's just said it is because you needed to find a way to say, oh, you know why? Because Mario sixty four came along and said, now this is the this is a standard for three D platforming. But hey, guess what? You collect shit now, and people thought that the collection part was what made it a platformer. No, it's not. You're no, stupid. It's the platforms. Yeah, but you know what? People call them platformers now, so that's why they're platformers. And yep. RPGs, Final Fantasy made it popular because it took the wizardry formula, made it popular for Japanese audiences, and actually I should attribute, attribute that to Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. But took that, simplified it, Final Fantasy simplified it even more, and then there was like, we got to add a story to this to make this compelling. So now RPGs are supposed to be just this thing where you select from a menu – you see numbers and you read a story? No, bullshit. But that's what it's that's kind what of it turned developed. out to be. You know, and that's you know, I, I just think it's funny how it kind of it kind of made the circular reference back to Katase going, "This is not an RPG; it's a new genre." Mm-hmm. Actually, it's it's really an old genre. It's it's yeah. what's been doing for the past twenty years, buddy. It's not new. But say la vie, so be it. I will play this game at some point, and maybe I'll hate it. Maybe I'll like it. Maybe I'll go back to it in 10 years like Final Fantasy VIII and like it after hating it or hate it after liking it. I don't know. <laughs> I guess we don't have to have that conversation. Well, <laughs> in, uh, in direct contrast to what Final Fantasy Thirteen is purporting to be, you have Final Fantasy Fourteen coming out, which in my mind will be more of an RPG because even though it's you know MMO grind fest probably, it's still like you are role-playing a character yeah. in the world that can, and you can affect the world. I would argue, um, yeah, I would argue that MMOs are the uh, MMORPGs are the, you know, the kind of spitting image of what an RPG is because you're yeah. interacting with other people. Like even something like Mass Effect or or Knights of the Old Republic, you're still doing it by yourself. And right. Dungeons and Dragons was very much a let's come together, I'm going to create this campaign and narrate it for you and you all interact with each other. So. Yeah, and you definitely have the most potentiality to affect the world in an MMO game exactly. than you do in other things. Exactly. Um, and the reason I bring up MMOs is because the other game that I've been playing recently, I, I went, I got back into Guild Wars. Oh. Um, I, I, I did it because I was trying to get my uh, girlfriend to play with me, and we did get uh, it working on her Mac. But it is, she has an old MacBook. Uh, it's not the whatever MacBook Pro. I think is the one that people game on. 
or something like that. It's something the one that's with good an apple on it. I don't know. That yeah, shit. I don't. I don't know like... much about Macs. All I know is she doesn't have the like the most powerful Mac. Uh, so with, while it's funny, it's an inter- it's funny and interesting that World of Warcraft can run pretty smoothly and well on her laptop. Guild Wars, which came out at about the same time, actually runs very sluggish. Hmm. Uh, even if she puts the settings down to like the minimum possible settings. Um, I think that speaks more to Blizzard's ability to make a very scalable game while Guild Wars might not be as scalable. I'm saying I'm pulling this out of my ass because I have not played either. I'm just yeah. theorizing here. No, that's probably very true. I mean, like, just most games would not uh, even Civilization 4 runs a little bit sluggish on her computer. But like oh, wow. World of Warcraft is the only thing I've ever actually seen run like pretty much perfectly smooth. Is Civ 4 3D like is it polygonal or is it is it just high resolution 2D? Uh, I mean, I, I would say it's 3D. I think it's 3D. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, she, so she's unable to play it, but I'm still going to keep playing it because, uh, I mean, I get I got sucked back into that game really easily uh, because I am, like, playing a character I want to play and experiencing the world. And I never actually, like, went through the whole uh, original campaign when I had the game before. Um, and uh, that game, unlike Final Fantasy XIII, which for me was feeling like a slow burn, that game is, like, like really quick to get you going. I mean, mm-hmm. within, like... You know, minutes of starting up the game, you're out in in your instance world, like fighting things and uh, progressing through this like amazingly awesome lush environment that you are free to wander at your will. Uh, no fucking linear linearity there. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I'll probably try to actually play through the entire at least prophecies is the original campaign, so I'll probably try to at least play through that entire thing, and then uh, I might consider. Uh, checking out its expansions now while i'm on the subject of mmos uh i wanted to ask your guys opinion on something i tried uh tweeting to ryan scott and um anthony gallegos about this but no neither of them get back to me because they don't know who the fuck i am and they're like who the hell is this guy tweeting me but on steam and this is uh this they is have long- important game spy business to attend to <laughs> This is longer than a weekend deal, so somebody, if if Austin gets this episode up quick enough, you might actually be able to partake of this because it's going until March 26th. Uh, EverQuest and all of its expansions, uh, which I guess are, uh, was it? it's EverQuest and 11 expansions or something, is on sale for Steam for $2.50. What? Um, Wait, the original EverQuest, right? The original EverQuest. Oh, that's from like 1998 or something. Yeah. So how much is the subscription fee to that? Well, it's $14.99 a month, but you get you know your original 30 days free. Gotcha. So my question is, what do you, do you guys think as even just a like like an educational purposes of going back and seeing, you know, where the real MMO addictions began? Is it worth two dollars and fifty cents and taking up some time in my computer hard space, computer, you know, space to uh, to buy this on Steam and even just play it for the 30 days just for that two dollars and fifty cents? I mean, do you think uh, did you guys uh, play EverQuest? I, I did not. Al, did you? I have not either. I will say just from a perspective of I remember this is back when you were um you were doing Game Slayers Radio and we were trading uh, uh podcast emails back and forth and you talking about um uh Ocarina of Time and like me saying my contention was that you know it's something that I mean it's part of games it's something that you know I think everyone should play whether or not they end up thinking it's the greatest thing on earth which I don't think it is but it's it's still worth a study um and I remember that you you said that like, you didn't you didn't want to invest the time into it because you know it, it, which is fine. You know, it's 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 one you know to each his own. Based on that, 
because of how archaic I've heard EverQuest is from podcasts like Active Time Babble or Retronauts or whatever, where they talk about WoW and then they, they're, they're talking about like, oh, remember in EverQuest you couldn't even do this. You, you had no user-friendly ways of doing this. You couldn't warp or whatever they're saying. It would probably make you want to throw your monitor <laughs> if you tried it. <laughs> See, like, like the way I think of it, like maybe I, I don't know, maybe I'm uh, glorifying or like fantasizing a little bit, but like in a way it makes me think that despite its, you know, archaic visuals, it seems like in terms of its gameplay, it'd be more along the lines of a game like Demon Souls, where it's like uh, you're kind of just thrust into this world and left to your own devices and, um, the game is not going to hold your hand or be apologetic right. for how difficult it is. Right. Um, and I don't think it's that difficult, though. It I, sounds I, like yeah. it is just in terms of, like, you know, the well, uh, finding where you... Because there's, there's, from what I heard, you know, there's no maps, there's no real direction in the game. You kind of are just thrust in the world and have to figure out everything for yourself. Hmm. And then you could easily wander into an area without realizing it that you're not supposed to be in and, you know, just get demolished. And then there's the fact that I believe that game had... Uh, you had to do corpse runs and you could lose all your loot and things like that. So I think that's what made it really difficult. Um, so anybody who's played EverQuest out there, all two of you listening, uh, if you have played EverQuest, um, let us know what you think. Is, is it a – because here's where I always get hung up on this thing. Is, is it because they make it difficult or because they have a design flaw? That, that's what I always go to when I play old school games and I go back and I think about it. I'm like, is this game hard because it's hard or is it hard because they – didn't have the type of conventions that they do today, not just from a, oh, let's make it easy for the player, but from this is good design. Like, um, I would say something like Ninja Gaiden, okay, where the enemies respawn when you move a pixel off the screen. Like, you go to the right, and then you move left a little bit, enemy responds, and it, and they, they, they get to a point where they infinitely respawn. Like, as soon as you kill a hawk coming off the right side of the screen, another one comes, and it keeps on coming and coming and coming. That's bad design, you know? Uh, something like Mega Man 9, which is just really, really difficult. That's not bad design. That's actually really good design, just made really difficult. You know, so or something like Prinny. Oh yeah, everything oh. is placed in such a way that it is specifically difficult. Right. So that's either good or bad design. Like it, it could be like spiteful design. Yeah. But um, yeah. So anybody who's played EverQuest, let us know. Are the things in it? You know, let us know design. quickly because it's only six days from this recording. The sale's over. Oh, and then, I, then I'll no longer be interested. <laughs> I'm, oh, only, okay. I'm only interested because yeah, it's $2.50. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I'm like halfway interested, but I, I can't because um, I'm busy playing another game. But And I wonder if that's um, how I should feel about it. Is like, you know, should I just not even worry about it? Like, because I am playing other games. Like, is this something I should just not even be concerning myself with? But it's that cheap ass price that's like, just like, you know, yeah, and then you can have it. Yeah, Ads are, you could probably buy it and then not activate your system. Right until <laughs> until you're ready to play it. Although apparently, in uh, just for full disclosure, it says here that thirty uh, day subscription included for new accounts only. Existing EverQuest and Station Access accounts are not eligible to receive gameplay include a purchase. So I wonder if because I have a Station Access account because I think that was part of uh, Star Wars Galaxies. Mm. Oh well, guess what. Time for a new account. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, so I was just curious what you guys thought about that. As far as anything else I've been playing, nothing else is really of importance. I tried a few demos on Xbox Live Arcade, but nothing worth mentioning because I obviously didn't buy anything. So uh, we can move on. Oh, what you been playing? Final Fantasy XIII. Yep, Final Fantasy XIII. But first I'll talk about Zelda Spirit Tracks because I did play that for one day out of my hectic week. Choo-choo. Um, 
I was playing that and it's weird. <laughs> it I, I think I mentioned this um on a podcast, or I might have just mentioned it personally to you, Austin. But this yeah. game is is suffering from the Phantom Hourglass syndrome. Oh no, I spoke to a, a coworker about it. Um <clears throat> Phantom Hourglass, part of the reason why Phantom Hourglass is um like kind of negatively viewed by some gamers is because the whole scope of the game was for you to go out of the world or out of uh, your your center get something and then be able to fill up your oh the something you get is a sand for your hourglass and that allows you to go deeper into the um i forget what it is it's a labyrinth that you had to go down and the phantom hourglass would only give you a certain period of time before it like swoops you out and when you um when you do that you go down from this level one to a certain area and then you get what you need and then you have to go out and get some more sand and then come back and start from the top of that and go all the way back down again and it was more of like a, a repetitious thing that just got really nasty because by the end of the game you're like i'm tired of going down this fucking te- the whatever the labyrinth is and Spirit Tracks kind of works like that, where you basically have to go see somebody, <clears throat> play a song, and then you get uh, a map that opens up some tracks. And then you go to the, dun- the dungeon, and after you get the dungeon, you get whatever the gem is, you fight the boss, and you come back to this tower, where you have to climb the tower to get the next piece of uh, tracks opened. And that's that Phantom Hourglass Syndrome type of thing, except it's made a little bit easier because of the fact that you run up the side of the tower uh, and in a circle until you get to the point that you need to go, as opposed to open, getting into the beginning of the tower and then going up the same things that you just went through like two hours ago. So it's a little easier. But um, other than that, it, the game just, I guess, it, it feels a little boring to me because all, you're, all I'm really doing is kind of like riding on a train, going to different places as opposed to running around an overworld and fighting enemies that come by or finding hidden things. Most of the hidden things you find is just like, oh, there's a station right there, and it's not marked on my map. Let me stop here. Hmm. So um, I'm really trying to like push through it because I know I can probably finish it in like a, another two or three days, if I was, or maybe even one day if I just like put eight hours into it. Because uh, there's four realms, and I'm in the third one already. But who knows? On Final Fantasy thirteen, with thirteen, I am now on chapter seven. I was trying to get to chapter eight before I started the podcast. How many hours? Like sixteen and a half, seventeen? Um, eighteen hours now. Oh shit. Um and eighteen hours of gameplay. Uh things are kinda opening up, like you learn some more secrets about some of the characters and um things are kinda getting a little hectic with regards to the scenario. Um, the scenario. I'm finding that I I come into some situations where I like am starting to die. Like there's are actually a little bit of a challenge sometimes. But most of the time it's more of a matter of just kind of figuring out, okay, what do I need to do in order to survive this? And you likened it uh, when we spoke about this in person, you likened it to puzzles. Yes. Werewolf because a, a lot of it is um finding out the weaknesses of the, the the enemy that you're fighting through Libra and or just figuring out if you don't have any um any way to cast Libra. Um I'm also finding myself not um 
not using the the idolins that I got. Only I, I guess it's only because I try not to go like over the top with stuff. Right. I found I found myself doing that in Final Fantasy twelve too because in Final Fantasy twelve you get quickenings which are kind of like limit breaks or like really strong attacks that you can chain together to do a whole bunch of damage. And I was fighting enemies while not using that. And then, you know, people were saying, like, on GameFAQs, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you could be like any of these guys if you just use your quickenings and, and your summons and blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I hadn't even used the three summons they, like, threw at me at the end of the game, uh, the three espers, which is weird because they give you, like, one esper, uh, like, maybe 10 or 15 hours into the game. One? <laughs> and then, yeah. And then they give you another esper, which uh, I think is maybe another five or ten hours after that. And then they give you three espers at the end of the game. But you have to fight them in order to gain them. But what's weird about it is that they really just kind of OD through espers at you, expecting you to use them. And I was just like, I don't even need them. I, I didn't even summon an esper for the, well, summon an esper for final battle probably was going to be useless. But still, um, in 13, the espers are rather useful, but... I can't see myself really using them at the moment because I can beat all the enemies that I find without them. Right. So hopefully there'll come a, a time where I'm like, oh shit, I need to use blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I find it interesting blah. that this is, this is of no consequence. I just find it funny that they're going back to the Esper naming from six. Uh, it, was, it was summons, then Espers, then... Um, then uh, uh, Guardian uh, Force. Just summons. It, it just became summons again in seven, right? Just the summon material? Yeah, they didn't actually give them a name. Summons and then Guardian Forces and Adalons and Aeons, and now it's back to Espers. It, it means nothing. I just, I just find it funny. Yeah. And then, uh, I, I, wait, I'm trying to figure out what game. Oh, in, was it in Final Fantasy 4 or was it in Final Fantasy 3? That what? I'm trying to figure out where I got the pronunciation Idolin from. There was a game, a Final Fantasy game, that they actually said Idolin. Uh, I used to always say Idolon. That's what I said. Yeah. It would have to be a game with voiceover. Right. It was either three or four. Three doesn't have voiceover, does it? Oh, three doesn't have it. It said it was four. They didn't remake one of them with voiceover? Four they did. Four. They, made, they made four with, with voiceover. So I think it was that one because they had not called that in 12. So, yeah, anyway. It was a game that was Final Fantasy. It was a game. <laughs> it's a game. In stores now. Oh, exactly. Fifty nine ninety nine. Um, I, I don't As know. Giant Bomb says, "Ask Al anything about Final Fantasy 13." Yeah, that 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 might as well be what it is because I'm trying not to say anything because I'm trying not to spoil anything. So I'm just saying, yeah, the game is this, and it's getting like that, and uh, I can't say any names. I can't do anything. So <laughs> I'm done. Fuck it. Uh, I'll just talk about for a second my various shipments that I got that I won't get to till April probably. Uh, I've got a War 3 here that will be played after. Yeah! Which we heard a live unboxing of. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Right. Not finished yet. Wait, wait. There we go. That's the last of the plastic. Yeah. And um, I got... Is that that little I... piece that gets stuck in the little like uh, clip part on the very bottom? Actually, um, when I was like unwrapping it in a circular motion, uh, when you guys were like, oh, was, is that a pencil sharpening? <laughs> uh, I forgot a little piece that was... <clears throat> wrapped around the middle of the box. And so I just pulled that off the box just now. Uh, oh, okay. That's sexy. Um, I have Mega Man Anniversary Collection for Xbox, which is compatible with the 360. 
um, that has an exciting episode of the Kid WB Mega Man NT Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch that now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I have that, uh, which I'm going to probably play soon. I, I want to go through Mega Man's 1 through 8 and then 9 and 10. Uh, and with my $10 discount, well, not discount, $10 credit from buying God of War 3, I bought Shin Megami Tensei Persona, which includes a two-disc soundtrack. That was $18. PS2 or PSP? PSP, likes. right? Hmm? PSP, right? Yes. Okay. Um, so I that. That was actually $8 because of the $10 credit. And just so I can get Super Saver shipping, I bought Half Minute Hero for PSP, which nice. was $18. And I bought that Half Minute Hero! Thursday. It shipped Friday, and I got it today. Ain't that all the bitch? I told you, Amazon gets all the bitches. Amazon gets all the bitches. Amazon gets all the bitches. I, I must also mention that now, through um, working through my coworker, I got Professor Layton 1 and 2, which I'll never get to, but yeah. I have them now. Um, you must use logic, son. On the cheap, which is great. So, um, I do believe that there is nothing else that I have to talk about because I haven't played anything else but Final Fantasy 13 all week. Oh, with such a soft voice. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess it comes to me. I, uh, I got God of War 3 on Tuesday. I marathon run it, and I was done by Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> I was God like, of- what? <laughs> yeah, because I, I just got into G-Chat, and I was like, yo, Al, God of War 3 is fantastic with, dude, this ending, man, dot, dot, dot. And he was like, you beat it already? But I, I honestly, I can't. I can't not play God of War that way. It's something that uh, I think the game is conducive to me just blazing right through it. It doesn't feel right if I play it any other way. Um, I uh, The first God of War, I started it, I think, like on a Tuesday when I was uh, on my project in Chicago. Um, and I can't remember if I had had the PS2 Slim by that point, but I think I did. Um, but even if I didn't, I still carted that big-ass PS2 with me. Um, and so I played it. Uh, I, I remember getting that's a bus, isn't it? A uh, truck of Sorry, some truck. sort. Yeah, I remember playing it and getting to uh, getting across the desert and getting into Pandora's Temple on the first night of my playthrough. Um, and then I did a fimp about it on the site, and then I came back the next night and either finished it that night or the night after that. So that took me like two to three days. And then God of War two, I remember I started at the end of a Friday because I was. Um, I had to stay at home because I had some kind of like thing to – I was on call basically. Like the Work was doing some shit, and they were like, we don't need you to be working, but we need you to be available near your laptop, which is kind of shitty on a Friday night. So I'm like, fine. I left my laptop on. I put in God of War, and I was just manhandling it. Like I got through like six hours of it on the first Friday, um, and then like I think Saturday or Sunday. Like I'd, I don't know if I touched it on Saturday again, but the, the whole point is that in the – in the days that I touched it, I, it was about two days that I played God of War 2 and finished it. Um, and then this time around, because uh, I had Tuesday off and, you know, yesterday off, I was just like, hey, look, let me start this at, because uh, I was trying to play Final Fantasy 12. I, I promise to you I was. And at the same time, I was trying to watch some movies that I had intended to watch. Like, I borrowed um, The Soloist from a friend of mine, and I wanted to rewatch The Insider, so I watched both of them. Uh, and then I'm, at the end of the day comes, I'm like, God of War 3 is in my hand right now. I should, I should play it for about an hour or two um, hmm. today. And that hour or two became from, uh, like, until, like, midnight 
or or something like that. And then I was just like, let me play a little bit more. Uh, and then I played it till two a.m. And then I went to sleep. And then the next morning, I got up and I told Al, I must be forty percent through the game. This was at nine a.m. when I am do I think. And then at noon, that's when I came back. And I was like, yo, so that ending, man. Um, so yeah, I, I, I the, the reason for that is I feel like all the God of War games are, are paced in such a way that you can't help but to go forward. Not for and for me specifically, not because it's like, oh, I want to find out what happens next in the story, but because it's like, oh, I kind of have like this kind of like uh, quasi adrenaline running from what I just did, and I need to keep going, you know, to to, to see what's around the corner, like what encounter i'm gonna face next you know um and it makes it very easy to do that because because of the pa- the way it's paced is so just like any other god of war game it's like there's there's a whole lot of combat intense cathartic combat and then there's a little bit of story and then a little bit of traversal and that stuff is so kind of low-key that you you know you're still kind of like excited from that battle you just finished and you're like come on come on i want to get to the next one but at the same time thank god they're giving me some time to rest um and then there'll be a puzzle or whatever, but yeah, it, it just it just keeps on pushing you forward. It's something that I can't get from most other games, including like some of my favorites, like a Final Fantasy VI, like a Metroid Prime, or even something like Twilight Princess, which was one of one of my favorite games from this past generation. You know, I, it's something I you don't that I don't get from anything else, especially not something like Shadow of the Colossus, which it was like, all right, I am done for the night. I know I've only played for like forty five minutes, but I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't play this. <laughs> um, so that that's the thing that has always appealed to me about the God of War games. It's just how it keeps on pushing you forward. Um, the story is – well, I'm not going to spoil anything. I will say that um, while I always found the God of War stories intriguing and interesting and fun because I like Greek mythology and I like different spins in it, I think it was always kind of hokey and that it gave it kind of an unintentional humor to it because Kratos is an angry, mad, spiteful dude, and that's all he is. Um and it's just like everything is everyone else's fault, and he just wants to kill everything in his way. And you know, you, they, they wrap this whole you know serious world-ending mythology around. It. It's just like I can't help but just laugh at it. You know, it's it's kind of stupid actually. Like the God of War story that I think about it is kind of stupid, especially the way that it ends. I'm not going to talk about it, but it's kind of dumb. Um, and it kind of takes a real like. How's the best way to explain this? It's just like it, you don't believe what's happening because it doesn't make sense, given what you know about everything leading up to that point. So mm-hmm. I'll just leave it at that. But some of I think the best part about God of War three for me is, uh, and this has always been a factor of God of War, but the sense of scale that gets really, really expanded upon in this third entry. Because like I don't know if it, you've both beaten God of War two, right? No, I mm. never played God of War two. Okay, um, I'm bad. No, whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's not your type of game anyway, so it's like, you know... You're I do want to play it, though, because I want to play God of War 3. Oh. Um, as as a completionist, you say you are, you should probably do that, yes. But I would say just for gameplay's sake, um, it doesn't really matter. But, because, uh, yeah, like... Yeah, it, it'll matter to me. I'll feel dirty if I don't beat 2 before I play 3. <laughs> <laughs> you are... You're dirty, dirty. You can boy. always do it the Star Wars way. Oh, yeah, play 3 and then go back to 2. It's like, oh, what happened? How did he become this way? But um, I think the the Titan stuff is really fantastic. Uh, you are basically fighting on the backs of Titans, so mm. that is basically your landscape. And and the whole thing, God of War one, you know, it starts you off with this Hydra battle that's kind of intense, and it's like, wow, this is holy shit. 
Um, and then God of War 2 kind of ups it with the Colossus of Rhodes, um, mm-hmm. where it's kind of a multi-stage battle, and it, it it's just kind of out of this world the way it happens. Uh, and then 3 is very similarly just throws you into the shit. And is it the does it start the same way the demo starts? No, it does not. Ah, okay. In so fact, the, demo... the, de- the stuff in the demo doesn't come in for a while. Wow, interesting. Actually, I guess Sony doesn't have the same standards for demos that Microsoft does. See, but the, the thing the thing with that is that I think that Sony wanted to see like, hey, look, let's do the typical vertical slice shit. Give you all like give you a, a nice chunk of gameplay that has a good percentage of what you will uh, of what we can show off. Mm-hmm. Um, in the game, and let's not give you the first encounter because that is something that we want you to start the game off with, just like fresh, just punch you in the face. Like this is God of War three. You can't beat what we do. Other game developers, we welcome you to try. And it really, like, if they put that in the demo, that would have totally ruined it. Mm, you know what I mean? Like I in the sense of like, you get the demo and you're like, holy shit, this is awesome. This is so awesome. Then you put in the disc when you finally get it. You're like, yeah, I played through this before. Yep. You know, so it's it's. I, I can definitely understand why they did that, and I think it was the right choice. Um, plus, it, give, it gives you combat. It gives you uh, the Helios head, which is a gruesome encounter, but it's mm-hmm. not so gruesome that everything else is rendered obsolete. Um, it gives you the taste of, hey, you get to ride on the back of a monster. It gives you the flight, which I actually didn't like. Um, yeah, I didn't like that either. So it gives you kind of like a good chunk of what you can expect. The, the, the sense of scale is there. Um, the riding harpies to, to cross chasms is there. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. it's the vertical slice mentality. Yeah. Um, it's good. But, good idea. Uh, it's just yeah. a shame that, like, they probably won't extend that to other developers or other, you know, companies. They're probably like, nope, you got to produce your first level. But that's just the way politics are. I, you know, I actually don't like the first level standard because of... Me neither. Because of how God of War starts. And I think on, on the good end, it's like, all right, we're not going to go to this marketing vertical slice shit. You know, we're not going to s- represent the game as something else. Because really, if you do the vertical slice wrong, it's basically like, hey, I've got a 10 minute demo and look at all the fantastic things I can do. Then when you actually start the game, you're like, wait, what about this thing? Oh, I can't get to this until 10 hours in. What about that ability that I got to do? Oh, I don't get that until five hours. And so it's like the game gets misrepresented. In God of War, that's not the case because it's always kind of very hectic. But in a lot of games, they do that, you know? So it's, it's very, like... Like, imagine if you didn't get the nano suit until, like, about four to five hours into Crisis, but the demo... <laughs> the demo the, but the demo was all about showing you <laughs> the demo. Was all about... Right? And so they start yeah. playing Crisis, and you're like, what the fuck? It's just like the commercials for Final Fantasy VII. Oh, I get to do all this shit, and then, oh my god, I have to read? What is this thing? I got a PlayStation for Madden and this crazy stuff. I don't want to read. Let me return the game, you know? So... From that perspective, I like how the Microsoft or whatever the the other kind of alternative is like, hey, we're going to show you how the game starts off because we don't want to misrepresent it. But at the same time, it, if you start off a game with a lot of momentum like God of War 3, you kind of spoil it and you take away from it. Uh, so I, I think it should be done on a game-by-game basis, honestly. You know? True. Um, should be. But also what they did with God of War 3 is that that part that the demo comes in, there's a huge story spoiler. So they just totally removed that. Oh, Awesome. So I'm sure that developers are just kind of like, we don't want to sit there and, you know, change things around for the demo. We just want to put in a f- 10 minutes at the beginning and just let you have it. So, uh, no, I don't think that it's the developers who are behind that. Uh, well, at least I know specifically for Xbox, like, they mandate that it has to be the first level of the game. Oh, but I mean, like, I mean, like it, it, that's also 
if if you come to a point where like a developer is just like, oh man, we gotta we gotta make a demo now, Microsoft's like, nope, just gotta do the first level. Oh, thank God, you know. They they need to not be developers because they're <laughs> fuckers. Their their entire job is a, a labor. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I think uh the the Colossus battles are really the big thing in this. And, I mean, everything else is honestly – and this could be a good or a bad thing depending on what you think. But it is basically just God of War in HD. Now, I think that there's something to be said for innovation in games and, like, you know, refining things and adding new things. But sometimes you just want more. Yep. Like, when I play a Mega Man game, I don't need you to add in so, many, so much of this crazy shit. Like, you just give me a Mega Man game with new robots, that's fine. If you give me yeah. a new Contra game with new guns or whatever, that's fine. I don't need – to have like an open world system with Contra or the ability to choose my level from a map. No, just give me Contra, you know? Give me that shit. And so when 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 you when you give me more God of War, it's like that's fine. That is exactly what I wanted. Like um but so you know other people they, they they're like no, I I need something new and and I I think that uh I think it's a fair criticism that God of War is, you know, is just the, more of the same. Uh but I I don't personally make that criticism to it because that's what i wanted um it doesn't surprise you in any way in terms of oh my god you get to do this it does shock you with how gruesome they get um and how kind of just just very very over the top and uh, you thought god of war was over the top before i mean play god of war i i I, i'm sure they've pretty much trumped themselves it's not like uh it's more like a Friday Thirteenth Part Two, as opposed to Friday Thirteenth Part Eight. Right. So it, it, it's it's more shocking and less surprising, if that makes any sense. Um, I think that I think what they did with the mini games was very good about about uh, having the button presses be on the sides of the screen that correspond to the controller. Mm. You know how like if you have to press triangle, it flashes on top of the screen. Right. And that allows you to kind of look at that with your peripheral vision while focusing on the activity that's on the screen because the way they did it before with the buttons appearing right where you're supposed to do them like on the screen you kind of like had to squint narrow your vision to make sure you kept kept your eye like looking out for a button you know and that kind of distracted from your ability to see what he was actually doing that's for the i'm sure um and let's see what else is the flight now now going back to the flight i don't like that it feels like filler um it controls a little bit clunky, and I suppose that makes sense because he's flying at really high speeds. Um, but I, I felt like, you know, once was kind of enough. It was one of those things where, like, hey, let's throw this in just as a one-time thing. I would have liked that, liked that just fine, but I didn't. Sure. I, they, they do repeat it, and I don't like that. Um, I think the sense of scale kind of, uh, kind of um, trickles down to how they just designed everything in kind of one piece. I don't know how much you remember of God of War and God of War 2, but it, it it takes place across a vastness, you know. In God of War One, you have to travel across the desert to Pandora's Temple before you go back to uh, Athens. Right. So you you kind of you're kind of going far distances. In God of War Two, and Pete, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but there is a certain segment where you know you go from A to B. You know, okay. Al, if you remember what I'm talking, I'm about. pretty sure I remember. Uh, wings is all I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, now with three. You don't really get that. It's very vertical. It's very it, you're you're going up Mount Olympus, right? 
and you, you everywhere that you go in it is kind of centered around the central location. So even though it seems like you're going to all these different places because aesthetically they're so different and they're varied and, and God of War is so good about the color palette that it's using. It's it's very colorful, but very understated colorful in a sense that everything looks very vibrant and natural, but also looks dirty. And so it's like it, so Pete, when you were talking about Darksiders, how it was a bit too colorful. Mm-hmm. This is like in your eyes, this would be the quote unquote right way to do it. It's got a lot of colors, but it's not like, ooh, flowers and meh, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So this is something that you would definitely dig, like get into, the visually at least. Um oh, speaking of visuals, everybody has pores, by the way. <laughs> everybody <laughs> has pores and sweat. Um it looks really good. I'm not um, sure how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so everything is kind of – it feels not from a gameplay perspective, but from a this is how they designed the world. It feels very much like a Metroid game because if – you can imagine that if you were to take a 3D model of the entire game world and then zoomed all the way out, you could see the whole – you could hold the whole thing in the palm of your hands because it's like – it's all self-contained, um, unlike the other God of Wars where you travel distances to get to certain places. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Um, makes sense to me, and I think it, I, I think it makes it feel more organic, and at the same time, kind of like very like, wow, I can't believe this is all happening in the same place. I've gone to this place, I solved this puzzle, and I went around the back, and I had to do all this shit, and then I come out the top, and hey, look, I'm looking down at where I just came out of like uh, like three hours ago. It's all very unified, uh, and I like that about this. Um, I think that uh, one small complaint I had is with the weapons. Uh, you know how in God of War, in God of War One, do you have different weapons? Mm, I think so. I'm pretty sure. I don't yeah. know what they are. You have a sword, right? Right. Or a yeah. spear, something. Like you don't always have to use the chains or whatever. Right. And in this one, you get that Cestus, which is in the demo, and I love that thing. That mm-hmm. thing is 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 really cool to interchange between the Cestus and the blades. Now you do have other weapons. I'm not going to spoil what they are, but suffice it to say, I was disappointed in them strictly strictly from the fact that they um, they did not feel different. Whereas mm. the Cestus does. The sword in God of War One did. Whatever you get in two, um, I'm not going to say what they are for Pete's sake. Oh, for Pete's sake, um, <laughs> they did feel different. This do one, you smack gods in the face with a giant dildo? Actually. You do. I mean, they did talk to the Dead Rising Two team, and they did get John. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, it's it, that's one disappointment of it. Um, like I said, the story is disappointing in in a certain respect. Um, uh, there's this really stupid sequence that you know, once you get to, you'll be like, if you ever played Max Payne, you'll have the same feeling. Um, oh no! It's and it's just it's just one of those things where it, I I feel oh. like it doesn't belong in this game, or it just takes away from it. What's, what's up, Pete? No, you remember something I wanted to ask you guys, but this has nothing to do with God of War, so I'll ask when you're done talking about God of War. <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, and I feel like uh, I, when, I, when I immediately finished it, I was like 5 out of 5, right? I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, this is so good. You know, I had so much fun with this. It was so enjoyable. They, they hit all the right notes. And now that I'm thinking about it more, it's just kind of like, well, you know what? God of War 2, I think, really was a... a, a captured a better experience for me and and three had these colossal kind of titan battles which i think are the pinnacle of the series but at the same time um like the web from the weapons to you know the the kind of the way that the that those stupid sequences are added in the one where al went just just went oh no right to the flying stuff i didn't like the icarus wings i didn't like flying um up up the stupid thing um 
and it's a it's a hair below too, and I just didn't feel that same sense of like I gotta go back to itness of two. Even though I didn't go back to two, I still had that feeling like about a week after. I'm like, God, I, w- I really want to play this again. I really want to see all this stuff again. And this one, I'm just kind of like, nope. I it's awesome. I saw it, and I'm happy. Um, but there are certain things that disappointed me that I kind of don't want to go through again. Uh, and, 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 and I think I'm wavering between a four and a five. I really got to sit down and think about how I feel about it. Um, but it's, it, I think in terms of should you buy it or play it at the very least, no brainer. Yeah, you should. I mean, unless you really hate action games, then, you know, obviously not, but then you wouldn't be, you wouldn't care about this in the first place. You know, it's not like Devil May Cry for me where I think you can kind of give or take Devil May Cry. Right. The original, the original one. Because I think that one had a lot of problems that really annoyed me. Um, it's like it's like Ninja Gaiden, in my opinion, where like this is a really finely crafted way, game in a different way than Ninja Gaiden was, but it's finely crafted. You should play it. Um, the other thing that I've been playing, uh, I completely lied to your face, Pete. I have been playing Heavy Rain. Um, I got the $10 discount from the God of War purchase, and I applied it towards Heavy Rain. Uh, I'm about halfway through. I looked at Game Facts not to determine what I should do next, but to see where I am in the story. I'm about halfway through. Um, and I think it's a very interesting way to tell a game story, and I think we'll get to that with our main topic. I don't know that I want many games like this, but I am glad that they did make one or two games, like the, the, the second game being Inigo Prophecy, which is – that's still more gamey than this one. That's my opinion. What would you say, Pete? Like, Is, is Inigo Prophecy more gamey than Heavy Rain? Yeah, I think I mentioned this on the uh, – even I think it was just the last episode that I thought uh, Indigo Prophecy was more of a game and this is more of a – this really is just interactive drama. Like in a way, it's almost like they don't even need the interactive part. They could have just told their story. Right. Um, like uh, I felt like you're – I feel like in Heavy Rain, you're really just pushing buttons to go along with the story, whereas in Indigo Prophecy, you are interacting with the world. Right. I feel similar. I feel a similar way, though. I will say that you still, I still see where you choosing to do or say different things will affect the game world. Not the overall story on a high level, but on a low level, the way that characters react to you, the way that uh, cer- whether or not certain people live or die, um, and how that affects the rest of it. I mean, like the story arc is going to be the same, but like, but how you get how you get there is different. It's kind of like Deus Ex to me. You know, um, but I think uh, I feel like there is a very good sense of tension in those quick time events. Um, but a part of me still wishes that they could incorporate this type of storytelling into a game like uh, God of War or Oblivion better. You know, I, I, I still want to do have more control over what I'm doing. Um so, and that's very hard to do uh, to to be able to give you freedom, control, and a story all in one shot. You know, it's it's difficult to do. I understand that, but I think um, I think this is something that I would show my friends who don't play video games or who don't understand what the appeal of them is, and say, "Hey, look, this is you know, it's not just about jumping on mushrooms anymore. This is you know, this is interactive entertainment. You know, uh, this this shows you what the medium can aspire to do beyond. Hey." I'm going to shoot aliens in the face, you know, and that's right. not because the story so far is so spectacular, the story itself, but the way in which you interact with it is because you really feel tied to every character that you're playing as you, you really feel for the characters that you are fighting for 
or 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 you have emotions for those who you're fighting against um and it's it's not because the the way and i guess it has to do with just the actors in it and the you know and the facial expressions and the way that it's it's really trying to emulate a movie um i will say this i i stopped being bothered by the french accents when i sat down and determined to myself this takes place in canada i know it probably doesn't but i had to tell that to myself like, this takes place in french canada um and so that's why they sound like this that's fine you know except for except for fbi agent Naman Jaden. okay uh french canadian people don't say Naman, <laughs> but at the same time uh people from boston or okay so so pete you can verify or deny if i'm correct in this since you've been living in boston but to me, it sounds like Norman Jaden is like some weird cross of Chicago, Wisconsin, Boston, <laughs> um, and New York. Some weird mutant shit. And then you add in the French actor. So he says, so it says, hmm, it's been 14 hours instead of it's been 14 hours. And then he goes and says, my name is Norman Jaden. Yeah. I, 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 what? You know? It does sound kind of awkward. I mean, like, I don't really pay that much attention to like accents and inflections and stuff like so when i first heard him my immediate reaction was just like oh he sounds like he's from boston <laughs> um but uh yeah, he does at first yeah like he does yeah because i mean definitely the uh the the european accent or french accent or whatever the, you said he's a french actor i think so yeah uh either way like that does show through i mean with all the uh, voice character voiceovers uh you can tell right the foreignese but you know what? I think that um, Scott Shelby, who you play as in the demo as well, I think he is perfect. And in fact, I saw um, – I, I unlocked a, a making of video that showed casting the real actors, and the guy who plays Scott Shelby, like the, 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 the virtual model and his actual face are the spitting Im- image of one another. Like they did a fantastic job of making him look like he really does in real life. Um, it's insane actually. And Pete, did you, do you still have it in your possession? Heavy Rain, yeah. Because you, you bought okay, so you bought it. Because yeah. I, I forget whether or not you checked it out or you bought it. Um, yeah, no, I said that like even though I had beaten it while I had it checked out, I wanted to purchase it to right. support this type of these type of games. Right? Did you did you see the making of video with uh with casting the real actors? I unlocked them, but I didn't really like look through any of the extra stuff. Watch the one about casting the real actors, and you'll see you'll see the actor who plays Scott Shelby like looks exactly like him. Um, the other one's not so much like um the prostitute. I forgot what her name is, Lauren or something. Like yeah. her cheekbones are kind of high and, and large and you see the real actress and the, the real actress has a similar sh- facial structure, but she looks much prettier. And that could just be the result of, you know, hey, when you motion capture the face, it's not always going to look like realism. Um, but it's very jarring, though. Sometimes when you see something like Scott Shelby looking so realistic and then you see like uh, an espresso cup that isn't even completely round. It's very, <laughs> it's very jarring. Um, because like I could live with that in Deus Ex because you know Deus Ex is actually a very ugly game. It's like it, graphically, it's it's bad. Um, so everything is angular. Coffee cups are are like hexagons instead of real circles, you know. Um, but in this game, to see that is kind of jarring. Um, I feel like you get more of the emotional attachment to the to the people in this game when you start off in the actual game. So the demo only gives you a real taste of the mechanics. I feel. Except that fight was actually a pretty good representation of the tension. That was good. Um, but you don't get as much emo- emotional attachment. So, when you, so, Al, when, in two years, you actually play it? No, it would be, um, uh, let's see, today's the 20th? Yeah. I'd be two and a half weeks. Really? That's sooner than I expected. We well, could do a let's I'm then. I'm going to finish 
13, and then I'm going to play God of War 3, and that'd be like two or three days later. And then, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, I think Heavy Rain is a good accomplishment so far. I really am enjoying it. I, I don't know if it's something that I will, you know, continue to enjoy as much throughout its conclusion. Um, I think it's a game that I can't always just play. Like, I have to be in a certain mindset to play it. And so sometimes I force myself to play it. Because, again, this is not really my type of game necessarily. Yeah, I think that's why it's important to get to try to get through the game in one or two sittings. Um, because I feel the same way. Like, I mean, I definitely got my enjoyment out of it. And I'm trying to go through again to get trophies and, uh, like, just play through on the hardest difficulty. And I just don't feel as compelled Invested. to play it. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I really I do want to see how the how your different actions affect things differently and how they re, how people react to because that's one of the big things that I've always liked about um, games like Deus Ex over something like you know when I when I first played Deus Ex I was like wow I can't believe that you can affect the world in this way you know and even though you're not affecting the story you're still touching people's lives in a different way and I do want to see how that pans out like um um I'm I'm always like the way I play through it. I always take the more sympathetic approach to things. Like, um, I remember they were talking, uh, David Ellis on One Up was talking about how he, uh, there, you, you have a play sword fight with your son. And he, to- he said that he beat the shit out of his son. <laughs> not not like, like beating him, but like he won the fight. Like he hit right. every button, he won the fight. And like, and everyone was just like, oh no, you're supposed to let the kid win. He's like, nope, nope, kid's got to learn the hard way. And it's just like, it's just a <laughs> sword fight. And so I intentionally missed a lot of the strikes. Yeah, that's I, what I, I did st- too. I still won in the end, but I let him get a lot of things in, you know? Oh, I didn't, I let him win. I, I like, I made sure to hit a couple so it looked like I wasn't just blatantly letting, letting him win. Right. Even though, you know, he probably, probably wouldn't have affected anything if I just let him hit everything. But I felt like I should, I should try to fight back a little bit, but then I just overall let him. See, the thing, is, the thing is, I didn't intend to beat him. Like, I, 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 yeah, I if missed, you, like, if, three of the four buttons in a row, and then right. I just hit the last one, and that happened to be the quote-unquote killing blow. And he goes, oh, yeah. you got me. And, you know, I still had fun with the sun. And, see, this is the type of thing that, that, that I think is so cool about it. It's just like, you're fucking, you're not doing anything. You're, 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 you're playing life. It's, it, it might as well be The Sims, but you, you're attached to them. You really have some kind of, like... And I don't know. I don't think that this will apply to all people, though. You know, some people are cold, heartless bastards, so they won't like this game. If you are a cold, heartless bastard, you will not like Heavy Rain. Let's put it that there way. There are things I want to say, but I, I'm going to wait till we actually have a full group discussion yeah. on the game. Yeah, um, that's definitely on the docket. Um, but yeah, I was compelled to play it because I'm like, look, I played God of War 3, um, and it, it felt really good to, to not only finish a new game, but finish a new game within the first week of its release. And then be able to post a review by next week. It's like, hey, I, you know, I haven't been able to do that in a long time, uh, other other than GameSpot, which you know I have to because that that's you know. So I was like, you know what, fuck it, just you know, open up Heavy Rain, just do it, you know, just to start playing it. Um, I uh, uh, is there now? Al was telling me about a patch that got applied to it, and it actually did get an update yesterday or two days ago for me because I was playing it offline uh, when I first started, and then when I booted it up a second time, I was connected to the internet, so I was like, this has an update. I saw a bedsheet in the game that was a very, very bland texture, and it looked terrible, absolutely awful. It just looked like a polygon. Um, in heavy I, rain? Yeah, and then Al was telling me that there was a patch that was out there that, should, that, that was supposed to fix up some things. Now, is, was that what it is? Do, do, you, do you know? Because 
Like personally, this, I don't know. I didn't even know there was a patch. I didn't even notice this bed sheet you're talking about. <laughs> it was it was basically when and I'm not going to give any away story things. It's just here's a scenario. Your son's in bed. You're pulling the covers over over him so they can go to sleep. Those covers looked oh. very 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 ugly, bland, and like and like 16 bit. <laughs> okay, I do kind of know what you're talking about. Now. 16 bit. Like yeah, he had Star Fox covers. <laughs> That even Star Fox is thirty two bit. Oh, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> you can't have polygon sixteen bit. That's true. Um, okay, so that that's funny though. If that is what the patch fixed, if they were like, if they're so dedicated, I, mean, to this I don't game know. Being amazing. I, I don't know. It could. I could just. It could just be a bad texture in like the you patch. You can always. Stuff, but... You can always replay just that chapter. Yeah, I think I'll go back to it. Just just out of curiosity, but I feel like it's less of a hey, we didn't do the art right, and more of a hey, there's a bug. So I don't know. Um, Maybe yeah, they probably were fixing other stuff, and they're like, "Hey, while we're at it, let's let's fix the spreadsheet." Right. Well, I know that one thing they were fixing was um, the glitch that makes uh, Lauren naked. <laughs> I didn't see that one. I'm sorry. I was just like, I was just imagining someone running around the uh, the um, Quantic Dream offices, going, "You guys let the fucking game ship with that bedsheet in it." With that bedsheet. <laughs> Uh, what, what well, glitch is this, and when does that happen? How do I get it? <laughs> I'll read about it right now. Um. Oh, it's a spoiler, so I can't read it. Uh, but oh. here's the link since you guys can. Yeah. And it's got uh fish covered body parts in it. <laughs> I will say that I very much dislike walking in that game. Yes. I hate it. I I understand why they did it the way they did, but it does not respond well at all. There are several games in the past that had shifting camera angles that were still walkable without aggravation and. They basically didn't need to go as far as they did. Al, I gotta let you know that the pic- person in that picture is not Lauren. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I-, I haven't played the game, so excuse me. I'm ignorant. <laughs> that is that is Madison, and um, I'm pretty sure it's not spoilers. People, I think people know that there is a uh, there is a scene where she is nude. Uh, but I didn't know there was a glitch that made her nude the entire game. That's hilarious. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Oh my god, that's funny. But yeah, so the I mean, I mean, heavy rain. I mean, I, I, it's very, it's, it's, it's very hard to make a good recommendation on it simply because it's so, you know, it, it doesn't appeal to what I think a, a lot of people in the PS3 era and the Xbox 360 era are looking for. But it's definitely something that it's definitely one of those huge niche things that like should amass a huge following because of what it does and how it advances. I shouldn't say advances, but how it takes things in a different direction. Um, I know that David Cage said that he wasn't sure that he wanted to do this anymore, that he was going to look through other alternatives. I think that other people should look at what they did, think about how games like this, like Shenmue, all those types of games that are very much focused on kind of sucking you into not just the story but the world – for the sole objective of giving you a taste of that world where Oblivion is more like an RPG where you're supposed to advance your character, you know, but this is very much more just for the purpose of, of, of channeling you through this tale and, and breathing in this world. Um, and, and I, and I want more people to do this. And I, and then at, at some point I want them to be able to combine this with the action of a God of war, um, the kind of development of a final fantasy or Oblivion game and see what, see what happens. Maybe it's not a good idea, but I think it needs to be tried. Um, so in that sense, I think it's an important game. It's an important study. Let's put it that way. Um, and I think everybody should at least try it, whether or not they like this type of game, you know, but if you, if, should you buy it? I don't know. Should you try it at a friend's house? Yes, absolutely. For at least an hour. If you try it at and least like an hour. it, I think you should buy it. Well, I, I mean, that goes without saying. 
Yeah. What I mean, though, is that even if you don't like quick time event games, for other reasons, you should at least give it an hour just to see where things are headed. Or, you know what I mean? Just kind of, like I said, it's as a study. So, um, and then I've been playing Final Fantasy 3 on my DS, and I'm getting mad at it because it's super grind heavy and it's super hard. Just be just on the account of it being grind heavy, and the, there's very really, uh, whatever. I'll finish that at some point, maybe in the next two years. Uh, I don't know, because uh, the last time I tried to pick it up, I threw it on my bed because I got mad at it, and then I didn't pick it up for another year, <laughs> which is now. So we'll see. Uh, that's about it, and we have been going with what we've been playing for almost an entire podcast episode's length. I have my question I wanted to ask you. What is your question that you wanted to ask me, sir? You, especially since you brought up Deus Ex. Um, sure. I was unaware that they were making that they were making a Deus Ex three. I was unaware that, until like a day or two after they made that announcement. Yeah, and then like I guess it's supposed supposedly coming out this year. So my question is, with a game like that, and you know me being the type of person who needs to play games the previous games, I never actually played to completion the first or second Deus Ex. So, do you think that would be an important thing for me to do? One, I do. Two, I did not play at all, and I'm scared to play it because I heard that they dumbed it down for the console audience, which makes me really um, apprehensive. So I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, but I think one definitely merits an entire playthrough. Funny fact about one, I never actually got to the very, very end. Like, I was right there, and then my computer crashed, and then my save got deleted. Mm, so that's... it was kind of like what happened to me <laughs> with the original NES Zelda. But I've played it so many times since, and I've never. I was gonna say, to... isn't that the type of game where like you could just play it through entirely different your second time? Oh yeah, and I've and I've done that. But then like it's it's one of those games, kind of like Oblivion, that I always go back to, but never quite get to the end. Yeah. Um, even though I almost got there in my first try, because it's one of those things like you know, I play it and then like something. This is the problem with Deus Ex is that you know the Unreal Engine and and whatever they did to it, like they did a shit job with it. It's a terrible looking game. It's got god awful physics. Um, it, it crashes endlessly, and it's a testament to how much I love this game that whenever it crashes and deletes my save, I start all over from the beginning, and I'm just like, I don't care. I love this game. I will start it from the beginning again. Oh, it mm. crashed again now 20 hours into the game. I don't care. I will start <laughs> it again. Oh, it crashed about six hours in. I don't care. I will start it again. Hopefully, um, I would, if I were to try it, hopefully I would love it enough to be willing to put up with that. Well, here's, here's the sad thing is that as part of my great disc loss of the Japan trip, Deus Ex was one of the discs that I lost. Deus Ex and Rise of Nations. And I think the great of, disc loss of 09. <laughs> of 09, yeah. And I think Age of Empires 2. And that sorely pisses me off because I wanted to play all those games again. But I think I'm just going to go I ahead and... I have my disc. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I have can I, can I? You were just about to oh, say you were going to buy it on Steam, weren't you? Yeah. I, I was going to go buy it on Steam because it's yeah, like $10 on Steam. Or 10 bucks, And that's totally worth $10 to me. Um... And it's the game the sad the thing is they've had Deus Ex on sale multiple times, and I've kept considering purchasing it. But then I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to actually play it and stuff. I probably should have just bought it when it was like on sale for like a dollar at some point or something like that. Yeah, if it's a if it's a dollar, then like if you don't buy it, then I don't know what you are doing on Earth. <laughs> but <laughs> if it's not a dollar, you know, even ten dollars for some people, they're apprehensive. For me, it's like, okay, I will throw this penny into the fountain, and that's all, you know, because that's how valuable it is to me. I will buy it again at some point. Yeah. Um, Especially because I have a reason to, you know, I lost a disc. Um, but yeah, that's uh, th- that. That's what I'd say. You should definitely play one. I have no idea about two. I really are don't. you psyched for three? <sighs> no, because I haven't heard anything about it yet, and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of one of those guys who like I like one is the world to me, so I kind of don't care whatever whatever else comes after it, which is a weird so, stance so to maybe, take. Maybe I was gonna say maybe I should wait for three to come out, see what kind of reviews it gets, and what people are saying about it before I even delve into the universe. 
I'll read up on what three is about because I am definitely still interested. Is Warren Spector behind it? I believe so. Okay. I mean, that doesn't necessarily say anything because he was behind two. And again, you know, people saying that it got ganked for, for the dummies in the audience. You mm-hmm. know, I don't know. But I'll still, I'll still go for it. I, I own it. I still own it. It's sitting in my, in my shelf. I mean, I haven't installed it. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, so yeah, wow. That, that's almost an entire episode. I don't even know if we should go on. But uh, we do have a mailbag to get to. So uh, we will take a short break, 30 seconds, and be right back. We are here at the mailbag, and thank you, listeners, for actually sending in mail this time. Uh, here we go. Here's what we have. You're the best! From McDove, all the way in Australia. Hey, guys, first of all, apologies for the hiatus of mail, but I still listen. Am I one of the two? Yes, you are, sir. You are awesome. I do have a couple of things. First, how long is Final Fantasy VII? Never having played any of the series before seven, and being my first foray into the series, I'm wondering how long is it? Not that I'm getting bored. I'm actually loving it, but I just purchased 13, so I'm keen to get into that. I'm 20 hours in. Um, seven is... I think they're all around the 40-hour mark. I'm confused. Seven, I know. I'm a little bit confused, too, and I'm think. I, okay, so... Is he 20 hours into 13 or seven? He's 20, I, hours, he's 20 hours into 13, I think. Okay. Or no, I don't know. I, just, I think okay. he's 20 hours into 13. Oh, no, no. It sounds to me like... It sounds to me like he's 20 hours into 7 and no, wondering right. how much longer he's he right. has before he can get to 13. Yeah, because he said, I'm keen to get into that. So mm. that means that he hasn't played what he bought yet. So yeah, I'd say 20s are into 7. Um, I yeah, would say... 40, I, if, if, depending on how heavy you go with like side quests, that can always vary. Like, Pete, how long did you spend on it? I mean, I spent... I maxed out the clock on Final Fantasy uh, 7. Holy shit, wow. Like, wow. That, the clock ran at 99.99 or whatever, right? Yeah, wow. Yeah. I'm that's, like 45. I was at 40, 40 to 45 when I beat it. I, I, and, and the other thing is that I really didn't care about that game too much at the end. So I kind of went through it. So if you're having like a lot of side quests and shit, that you could go up to like 100 hours, like Pete said. Um, I, I don't yes, know if you've yeah. played 8 or 9 yet. I think 8 or 9 were both forty-five around the 45-hour mark for me as well. Um, 10. It seems to me if you if you're anxious to get the 13 though, get into that now before people start talking a lot about it and might spoil it for you. Seven is you know I'm sure you know everything about seven by this point. If like if you somehow va- manage to avoid any information about seven, then fine, go ahead and play that first. But I mean, it seems to me you should just play 13 and then go back to seven when you have time. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, just for the record, I have just shy of 50 hours of Final Fantasy seven and 40 with eight. Okay, yeah, and then for me, uh, I think, uh, no, for you actually, because you're the one who beat it, 10 was how long? Um, 10, 48. 48, okay. So yeah, it's around, like the, uh, 12 unless you're talking about 12, 12 is like 80. 71 hours. Yeah, but at least that's gameplay instead of Xenogears cutscenes, which is 80 hours. Oh my god. True. Um, Wait, do I have Xenogears up here for time? I'm pretty sure I do. Second, huh. Secondly, I cannot go into work now and not think of Michael Jackson as Ezio, thanks to you. I've even drawn a few hidden blades on the This Is It silhouette posters around the staff room. Much of the enjoyment of others. Yes! <laughs> Dude, do me a favor and take a picture of that and send that to us, and we'll post it on the site. Um, 
we have one of his live DVDs playing in the store when he extends his arm out and then moves up, moonwalks away. Imagine if Ezio double-bladed a couple of guys and then moonwalked into the shadows. <laughs> That'd be great. Can someone make a uh, Michael Jackson mod for Assassin's Creed on yeah. PC? Oh, brings brings a new meaning to blood on the dance floor. Indeed, sir, indeed. Um, please send us a picture of that poster that you drew on. <laughs> oh, good. Good. Thank you, McDove. Um, next, from Shane, a.k.a. Aspro. The name of the game, that holographic arcade game that Pete cannot remember, is Time Traveler. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so he put he gave us the link. I'm um, gonna go, oh, he gave us the link? Okay, yeah. I was about to go wiki it. Just go to Wikipedia and Time Traveler video game. I only saw it once in an arcade, and that was the one at Disneyland. Thanks for the podcast. I like what each of you bring to the show, though I especially like Al's long-ass game breakdowns. Yay. Um, oh, you can see the picture. The game looks so awesome. <laughs> let's see what so this... terrible but so awesome time traveler let's see oh my god wait wait now i need to see this concave mirror oh my god this looks like a washing machine yeah oh my goodness and it was basically like like i said like a dragon's lair type game you did even said time travel's gameplay is similar to dragon's lair the player moves a joystick in a specific direction or presses a button at certain points in the game by entering the right command, the movie clip plays, plays showing the player's character progression through the game. Yeah. There's a DVD version. Is there? Yeah. Apparently. I, I want it. cd ROM <laughs> and DVD. He's like, I want it now. It came out nine years ago. No. Yeah, no, no versions wait. suffer greatly from missing the mirror equipment the game is designed to be played with. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much, I wonder if it's still possible to buy one of the, uh, the cabinets with the actual it's thing. Like now you can have a home version of Grand Theft Auto, except without the polygons. So, I'm going to eBay yeah, this game and see what comes up. Grand Theft Auto without 3D. <laughs> As with other digital leisure DVD releases, the game's box advertises being PlayStation 2 or Xbox compatible on the cover to attract console owners. And it technically is. but it's, It technically but is. But it's not a PS2 game. <laughs> That's funny. Um, now, oh, wait, wait. Now it's Xbox 360 and PS3 compatible. Wow. It's compatible with everything. Yeah, except we. Except we. It's PC compatible. I mean, you Apparently. don't even. Well, if you have a PC remote for your DVD, or I don't know, whatever. Anyway, um, next up is from Edu. Hey, Austin and company, saw your post on Giant Bomb about contest ideas for giving away the games. Here is mine, and I actually like this one. Come up with the most ludicrous use for DLC in games. Horus Armor is just the tip of the iceberg here. Come up with something truly ridiculous, outsmart the slimiest of developers, and nab those poor schmucks dollars. Ask for a mailbag question, seeing how Sony showed off the new motion controller at GDC. Which one, if any, of the motion controllers are you most interested in buying? All the best, Edu. Who wants to go first? That's a good question. I like it. I'm sorry, I'm still looking at time travel stuff. What did he say? <laughs> <laughs> I was too. I'm, hang on. I'm trying to figure out how you play this game. I, I'm reading it. I'm reading it. Hang on. He says, um, seeing how Sony showed off the new motion controller at GDC... Which one, if any, of the motion controllers are you most interested in buying? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, all right. Um, I didn't actually see any of the GDC stuff. I've just heard people talking on podcasts about it. Same and everyone's been pretty negative about it. But aside from the price, it still sounds like oh, it still sounds like okay to me. Um, the fact that like you're holding it as opposed to Natal where you are just waving your arms around. I still if well, I'm being laughed at for waving my arms around, apparently. Um, <laughs> Tell her that we're laughing at you, too. I'm being laughed at on all sides. Um, so anyway, uh, the uh, I, is, like I said, aside from the price point, which I guess it's like, uh, it could be 100 bucks or something for the set or something, 
Um, I think I heard people saying, which is the uh, move controller, the sub controller, and the eye. I think I don't know. Either way, yeah. uh, I'm okay with the Wii style controls, and if there are good games that are going to do that on the PS3, I like the idea of having something tactile in my hand to hold. Um, so if I'm going to be purchasing any kind of motion control type stuff, it'll probably be move over Natal. But knowing me, I'm going to end up purchasing them both anyway. Right. I um. I was listening to the giant. So, so all the stuff that I saw made me not want it, not want move. Um, but I was listening to Jeff Gershman talk about it on the Giant Bombcast, and he was talking about how it worked with SOCOM. And now here's my thing: I personally don't have an issue with how first-person controls work on the Wii. I actually really like it. Um, I, I think that people um, may have. I guess they just may just have a, a harder time getting used to it than I did, um, and I guess I, I guess I can see where that happens. But like, I, it's it's one of those things where I just get it, and other people's other people just don't like it. So it's it's something that I don't know how to verbalize. You know, you either get it or you don't. And I guess I'm in one camp and other people in the others. But he said that the uh, using the you know the move for for um what was it SOCOM was incredibly accurate, and he was pulling off headshots like within two minutes of using it. If that if it's that easy and if it's that kind of intuitive and that kind of refined, then I really do want the move. If they make the first person shooters and other similar type, um, quote unquote hardcore games for it, because I really am intrigued by that. I'm less intrigued by shit like carnival games, which I know that I've you know bashed. But even Wii Sports, even though I do like Wii Sports, like I haven't played it because I have I feel no reason to play it. Like there's nothing in it for me anymore. Because I've played it to death. Wii Sports Resort, I know it's a really good game because I've played it and I've enjoyed it. But, like, why haven't I bought it yet? Because, you know, it's not – it's something that I want to own, but I don't feel the need to own it now. It's not something that I really care about that much. Whereas the other games that I've been playing, like Mad World, like something else, like, I really do care about. And I, I, if, if Sony can put enough support behind it to not just make it a party thing, which I'm sure they're desperately trying to do. Uh, then, then I'll be behind that. But what, what my fear is that they're not going to get there because the Wii was built around this concept and the PS3 was not. And so now you get into the whole thing where now you're splintering the marketplace again. Same thing that's happening with the freaking Motion Plus on the Wii, you know? So I will get it only, like, I'm not going to jump on it. And this is the kind of circular thing that, you know, does companies in. It's like, I'm not going to jump on it until they get the support for the games. But they're not going to get support for the games if the developers don't or publishers don't see that people are buying it. So what do you do? I don't know, you know, but I don't want to invest $100 extra into this thing if I don't know that I'm going to get something back out of it. Whereas at least with the Wii, you knew that because this is kind of the only option that you have, you have to develop for it. Now, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is up to you, but like it just in terms of knowing what I'm going to get, the Wii, I know what I'm going to get. PS3, I don't, and not as far as move goes. So, um, but to answer the question directly, um, yes, more interested in buying move. Natal is just, I, I, I'm not interested at all in that at all. Um, it, I need, to, I need to be holding something. I'm sorry, uh, Al. What do you, what do you, uh, what are you thinking? I'm not interested in either. Um, I frankly don't have the space for that shit. <laughs> like for Natal or for any other controllers, um, I will have to see as things progress and the library starts to develop. But honestly, uh. As it stands, like, all right, I play my Wii very sparingly. And if I'm going to play the Wii, I'm going to wind up playing games that were kind of built for it. 
like not built for it, but um, games that are not necessarily those casual motion controlled games. Like they'll have motion control in them, but it'll be more of a traditional game. Like I'm thinking, like a silent. No Hill. more heroes, Baroque, and um, uh, why can't I think of anything else that I have? Silent um, Hill. Oh, that, oh, that you have. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna play. So, uh, well, I already played Marvel. Oh, uh, but I'm talking about games that I'm looking forward to playing in the future. Right. Uh, More I gotta finish Okami, and then there's Twilight Princess and uh, Metroid Prime Three. You know, th- these are games that are more games than kind of tech demos for motion control. Where, right. you know, at the moment with PlayStation Move, we're at the uh, tech demo stage. Right. With that, and that's why I'm interested to see if if they get games like that for for the Move because that is I would definitely be into the Move if they had games like that. You know, like if yeah, they I mean, if, even if they made they... a newer Silent Hill that's kind of like Restless Dream. Uh, no, no, forgotten. What's the what's the subtitle of the of the Wii Silent Hill that you played, Pete? Uh, shattered memories. There, yeah, that that one. What he said. <laughs> right. So, um, I don't know. At this point, I'm I'm happy with what I got, and I don't need any extra shit. So, I'm really not even paying attention to any of this move Natal crap. Right. Hmm. Well, the, again, I, I think my opinion falls in the same way. Is if they get the stuff, then it will be move. But I don't even know if they get the stuff in the first place. Um. That is it for the mailbag. We actually not not only got one, not two, but three mails. So thank you, folks. Uh, Edu, your contest idea is being filed away. Uh, we will. So if you think you can come up with a better idea than Edu, by all means. Uh, but if you can't, then you suck because Edu does not suck for sending in an idea, and you do suck for not sending in one. Um, anyway, that's it for the mailbag. We will come back in another thirty seconds after this break. <laughs> We are back, and we um, wow, we have much less time than I thought we did. So we'll go. We, we're going to talk about storytelling and the different ways that you can do it because we're you know we're playing God of War versus Final Fantasy versus Heavy Rain. Um, we'll save that for next uh, next episode, not the PAX episodes, which may or may not be coming up. Uh, Excuse me, God or not me? What you said, God, and I said of war. Yes, you did. Um, but we will get up to that, and, and maybe you'll have more time to send an email about that. But Steam is what, Pete? Apparently it's doing something with, you know, fruits and shit? It's biting the apple. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Ha, ha, ha. No, it's coming to Mac, um, which I normally wouldn't give a fuck about. Uh, but since Des has a Mac and I want to be able to play more games with her, this is good news for me. Um, and good news for Mac people in general who don't have games to play. <laughs> well, there's, there's there's the other zing. There's the other thing about how um, there's going to be cross-platform Steam. Yes, cloud. that is very important because yeah, uh, cross-platform between PC and Mac, and the fact that uh, with Steam's cloud uh, cloud computing stuff, where you can save your games to the cloud or whatever, you can then go onto a Mac platform and play continue playing your game, um, which is awesome. There's also uh, I don't I don't 
I'm not actually I haven't read the full story, so I don't know, but I've heard that you can there's going to may, maybe be the potentiality to purchase a game for a little bit extra cost and then just be able to have uh, as part of your Steam account, that game available for both Mac and PC. Because theoretically, if you just buy it for the normal cost, you don't automatically own the Mac version as well. Right. Um, that would be cool. Definitely. That would be cool. But uh, yeah. Unlike people... Game Room. <clears throat> <laughs> Word. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this, this is just just great news in terms of getting, uh, I mean, in a way, it's, you know, another another step towards, revi- like, I know PC gaming's not dead, but to revitalizing PC gaming by uh, including more people in the um, just general... Oh, make no bones PC about it. Game. It might not be dead, yeah. but it definitely needs some kind of reviving. Yes. Um, and if by if bringing it to Mac helps that, then I'm all for that. Even I, though I, Macs fucking suck. <laughs> Macs suck. As Tony would have said back in the day, fuck Macs or fuck Apple. <laughs> um, I, I do think that uh, I'm wondering how how the, uh, no, you know what? This could be really good because a lot of the things about PCs is the piracy, and I don't know how piracy works on the Mac. I don't know if it is as big of a problem or if, or if Apple. I'll let you know. It's very time. easy to pirate stuff on the Mac. Oh, I, I assume that you've heard this from other sources. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Despite to the us. fact that I've said on a previous episode that I very easily got a Mac version of Civilization Four for Des so I could play with her. Trigon does not condone piracy of any kind. Unless it's of Mac crap. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, then it's not piracy. No. Right. Oh, who cares? I've already said it previously. Time for another unboxing. So yeah, good just news beep out what I said. You can just beep out the <laughs> no. something. No. Or I could. Just fill this whole section with lots of beeps. It'll be funny. That would be funnier, yeah. Beep cast. <laughs> beep that one, too. Every time I say the word Mac, put a beep. <laughs> Every time I say the word put a beep. <laughs> do, do you want me to actually get this episode out in time or not? Oh damn! I mean, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. I'll uh, yes, yes. Um, yeah. So I'm doing a little creative editing. Uh, you're not that was all, but I think it's funny anyway. So I'm keeping it in. What are you unboxing, Al? Uh, well, Half Minute Hero. I just and now Half on... Minute Hero. You know, I really hate the fact that you know Persona comes in this box. Like a, a paper, a cardboard box. And I don't want to use a cardboard box, which I didn't, thankfully. And, um, but usually with a box like that, you just want to rip it off the side, you know, with the and whatnot. Yeah. And so I had to be very careful. Be tender, be gentle, be loving. I like this box, even though it's extra. It would be a good place. You to know box. what I hate? Faces. When, when, point cards and like little like just little cards come in huge fucking blister packs that is completely unnecessary and a waste of like environment stuff oh, you know what that, that's just so that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't open it and then return it to the store but you uh, i'm not saying that's a good thing i think i think it's stupid you can they could it a lot smaller or just do the like you know register activations or something plus those packages always cut my people are stupid i hate blister packs so, okay, write in about blister packs, people, and how much they suck. I think, uh, I think we're out of steam, dude. I, I'm, no, um, I got steam up and running. Yeah, ha, 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 
It's two dollars and fifty cents for three yeah, but, days. Of all right, I gotta pay two dollars and fifty cents for thirty days of, of that came out in nineteen ninety eight. Because yeah, you know you're not gonna not? get to any of the expansions. Apparently, I uh, have a station account, but I don't have any EverQuest stuff tied to it, so I might be able to use the free trial. And but I do apparently have EverQuest two stuff tied to it, which I never ever played EverQuest two. Oh, somebody was, hacked and he... hacked and used my station account to play EverQuest two. Those shit. dirty fuckers. Which is weird because it's I'm not sorry, like those dirty mackers. Mass- what? Dirty mackers. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you want an iPhone. Yeah, and I love my iPod. <laughs> yep. What are you opening now? Is it is it still Half Minute Hero or is it Mega Man 8? No, this is the uh, no, Mega no, Man anniversary was candy. used. But this was, oh. um, this was the actual Persona game. The other one was just the box that included both of them. Ah, uh, I see. Hey, Shark vs. Octopus, www.sharkvsoctopus.com. Go over there for all your needs, I guess. Um, yeah, <laughs> what do you find on the internet, Pete? XLM.2. Wait, what? Pete, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am so. Oh, Al, I finally actually went to your webpage. Oh, <laughs> finally, after like a year. I have oh, a bookmark now, too. Oh, isn't that sweet? Do you need a room, oh, guys? I like that the bookmark says and games. Nice. Well, that's the name of the site. Oh, yes, it is. Look at that. I, I brought it up right now. There's lots of pictures of Al looking all <laughs> playing his guitar. He's all like making, making I'm rocking out faces and stuff. <laughs> it's so I did it on purpose for the picture, too. Yeah. <laughs> wow! Yeah, people should go to Al's site and check that shit out. It's pretty cool. It's a nice, I like the site layout, too. Just just make sure that you uh, throw your hotel room key on stage. You know? <laughs> Be like, yo. He's, he's going to tuck it in his hair. And they'll come up and find you later. I, like, like, oh, I, I will insert my key into your slot. What? Hey, so Pete, internet, where? No, I asked Al. What's his website again? But, I, we but you didn't say yours. Well, you should say his because we're talking yeah, about it. We're, peni- oh, we're finalizing SLM2K.blogspot.com. Go. SLM or XLM? XLM2K.blogspot.com. Go. And you can find Pete there with Al doing some that you don't want to see. Unless you're into you, that monstrous shit. You can also find me on Facebook.com slash Riven or more importantly, YouTube.com slash Riven where you can subscribe to my YouTube page and hopefully make oh, me some money. And him and Ally don't subscribe, subscribe to Riven's YouTube page. Me. I haven't. Yeah. Yet. He did. Oh, so we and, should. And I'll subscribe. also subscribe to that, that like 14 year old hot girl that also. I think I did at the <laughs> same <did>. time. <laughs> but She's the thing was, awesome. the reason why I did was because at work I wasn't able to hear. But I never got to put it again. Yeah, I'm sure that's what you weren't able to do at work was gank, gank. Hey, I could do pretty much. Oh, drfishypants.com. <laughs> he's a fish and a friend of the site, and he's also doctors in his life. So it's still stuff out. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Dude, I haven't even started ep- editing this episode. We're still recording, so I don't even know I'm going to fucking do that beeping shit. I'll just beep your fucking. I'll beep your entire track out so all you hear is beep. <laughs> For Pete, we're gonna be a Pax East motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. For Al, we are gonna be a Pax East motherfuckers. I've been your host, Austin, and we are going to Pax East next week. Motherfuckers! Hey. You guys sound like you're talking into a pillow. Hmm. Uh, well, you weird. know. <laughs> well, oh. <laughs>